Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you will encounter Jesus and allow His words to wash you anew. May He reveal more of who He is to your heart. Here's the message for this week. Good morning, church. Okay, like what Pastor Tony said, we're going to start this uh, series on the book of Joshua. And it's going to be quite a long series of 16 sermons, okay? But we're going to learn a lot. I believe this is a very essential book for us this year in 2024. Maybe I'll just give you a quick introduction of the book of Joshua, right? And the first thing is that this is a historical book. Uh, it's actually a narrative talking about a very special group of God's people, Israel, you know, taking possession of a very special piece of land that God has promised them, Canaan. And if you were to look at this book, it's very simple in terms of narrative. It's divided into three uh, very simple parts. From chapter 1 to chapter 5, it's about talking about entering the promised land. Chapter 6 to chapter 12, essentially, is talking about conquering the promised land. And, you know, in chapter 13 to chapter 24, it's about dividing the promised land. So in the book of Joshua, you'll see a people possessing a land. And in the midst of all, that is God in the middle. Now, this book is also an inspiring book for us who are believers, right? You know, if you were to study this book carefully, the main actor in this narrative is not Joshua, is not Israel, but God behind the scene. God is actively inspiring the people, guiding them, empowering them, and even intervening in certain situation to give success for his people. And this book tells us something about God, that God is faithful to his promises. 700 years before the nation entered uh, Canaan, God made a promise to the forefather Abraham. And he told Abraham that I'm going to give your children, your descendant, the land that you're about to sojourn in. And true enough, 700 years later, the people received that promise from God. But even then, even the promise was made, the people didn't just throw and walk in into a promised land. They have to fight. They have to contend. They have to risk their life and make sacrifices in order to realize the promise that God has given them. And this will always be the way that God works with men, okay? And this is the reason why we're going to study the book of Joshua. There are two important truths that we're going to learn from here, okay? God is always faithful, on one hand, to fulfill all his promises to us. And on the other hand, we have to contend and fight for the realization of God's promises. And this is where we're at today. Now, how is this book important for all of us here, individually and corporately? 
Now, individually, I believe many of you here, especially the older ones, you would have heard promises of God made to you. Maybe it's about restoring broken relationship in your home. You have prayed, you have tried to restore relationship, but after a while, nothing seems to happen. And you forget about that promise that God had made to you, and you just carry on life as usual. God is saying to you today, son, daughter, remember what I promised you. You need to fight and contend for that promise to come true. Some of you have been praying for a spiritual breakthrough. And God has promised you one. But you don't seem to be able to have it as yet. And maybe after some times of praying, you just say, ah, maybe I heard wrongly. But God is speaking to your heart today. Remember what I promised you. You need to press on, persevere, so that you will be able to find fulfillment in what I promise. Now for the church, okay, I believe that this is a critical junction for us. You remember what I shared last week, that God has a dream for this church, that we will be a radiant, disciple-making church, catalyzing kingdom transformation, in our communities and in the nations. And we say that the four prophetic words that God has given us, that we will be a house of prayer, a house of worship, a place where we can find healing and restoration, and a place where there will be discipleship making, and we are going to be a pillar of fire for our community and the world. I believe God has given us this dream that we can fulfill if we're willing to press on. And I want to share something else too that may make me vulnerable to all of you. I'm convicted that this year, 2024, God is going to revive and renew the church, both individually and corporately. But that will not come if we would just sit here and say, well, it's nice, let's wait for it. But if we were to persevere to come on Wednesday night to pray, to pray in a small groups for God to do something powerful, God is going to do a renewal in our midst in 2024. Do you believe in it? There are not many people who are convinced here. Okay, do you believe in it? If we are con- convinced in it, let's pray and agonize with God over this matter. And the Lord will do something powerful in our midst in the coming year. So Joshua, the book of Joshua is a edifying book, encouraging us just like Joshua. God has made promises to the nation of Israel. And when the people begin to believe in these promises and to go out across the river and fight for their inheritance, God will step in and give them that inheritance. And that's why we're doing the book of Joshua today. Now I'm going to start this series by looking at Joshua 
you know, chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 9. Can we stand up and read the word of God together? After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you would make your way prosperous, and then you would have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, as we read this word and just expound on it, Lord, speak to us. Give us, Lord, open hearts, fertile soil that your words may be planted and blossom and grow in our heart. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Now, this chapter 1 is a new season for Joshua. And Joshua will be quite apprehensive a bit frightened, a bit restless, because there are two things that were happening. One, there's a new assignment, or sorry, a new appointment that God has given him. Right? God told him in verse 2, Moses, my servant is dead. Now you are the boss. And Joshua had actually been in a way commissioned by Moses maybe a couple of years back in Numbers 27, verse 22 to 23. And all this while, Joshua has been Moses' assistant. No, it's easy to be a two IC. But when you become the boss, you know, the chief, the pressure is on you. When I was the lead pastor of this church for quite a while, I feel heavy load on my shoulder. Then after that, Pastor Ben took over. I was just simply cruising along. And I was so happy that someone else is bearing, you know, the burden. And this is how, you know, Joshua felt. The people that he led 
were not easy people. They were rebellious. They grumbled a lot. And they would always be asking for more and murmuring for more. So much so that over the 40 years when Moses was taking care of them, you know, they literally drove Moses up the wall. And at the same time, you know, Moses was a powerful leader. Through him, the people were able to be delivered from Egypt. And through him, God parted the Red Sea for them to cross over. And in the 40 years, through Moses' intercession, the people had manna every day. Quills, meat, every now and then. And fresh water from the rock. These were the miracles that God gave to, through Moses. But now Joshua, you know, is taking over and is wondering, am I able to fit in this big, big shoe of Moses? So that's one issue that he is concerned about, this new appointment. Now there is another issue that he has to grapple with, which is a new assignment. In verse 2, God said to Joshua, go over this Jordan, you and all your people into the land that I'm going to give you. Forty years, the people have been wandering in the desert aimlessly. And for Moses, it's not too, easy, not too difficult in that sense to do that assignment. All he needs to do is to follow the pillar of fire at night and follow the cloud in the daytime. And they would just go wandering around. But now, for Joshua, it's something far more difficult, this assignment. He has to bring the people to take possession, to conquer a piece of land that they have never been into. And there were giants, powerful people in that land. There were fortified cities and well-trained armies in all these places. He was to take over. Can you imagine how Joshua would feel? How am I? Going to bring this, you know, ragtag group of people to possess all this land and fight against powerful enemies. And that's where he's a bit apprehensive in the new season. And I believe that many of you, you're stepping into 2024 with the same kind of feeling. What is 2024 going to be like for me? Some of you, you have just graduated from poly, from universities, and you're going into the marketplace. And you wonder, will I be able to find a good job? Will I be able to make the cut and have a good career? You are apprehensive about your future. Some of you, have just got promoted or you are changing your career and you are just asking God, am I going to fit in into a new environment, take new responsibility? Some of you are businessmen, like Yi Yang said, 
the beginning of the year is always a tough time. Am I going to make it through this year? Will I get enough revenue and income to pay for all the staff and expenses? Some of you are in new relationship and they're just wondering, will this relationship able to last? Some of you have committed yourself to get married this year. While you're looking forward to it, you're asking a question. Am I going to be a good wife? Am I going to be a loving husband? Or some of you are having babies this year. And you're wondering, am I going to make it as a good father, a good mother? I remember when I first had Ivan been born, I look at him, he had a wrinkled face, you know, and a big nose. I said, this is a new stranger that's coming to my life. And for the next 30, 40 years of all that I'm working for, he's going to inherit it. But am I going to be a good father to him? All of us have worries and concerns like that. Some of you are retiring. And you wonder what will it be for you to have a new phase of life. Or some of you are like me, you know, supposed to be retiring <laughs> and ending up taking a big responsibility and you're fearful. But no matter how you feel, this is what God said to Joshua. Three times in four verses, God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. God wants us to be strong, to be courageous in 2024. In facing new assignment, in facing new appointment, in facing a new phase of life. Okay? And the question is, when Joshua heard this, would he suddenly become strong and courageous? What must he do? And how does courage come to us? And this is something that I want to share with you very quickly. How does courage come to us? First of all, we need to know what exactly is courage. In the dictionary, Courage is defined as a strength of mind to carry on in spite of fear, danger, or difficulty. It is the strength of your mind, okay? And courage is the antidote to fear. It's the opposite of fear. When you have courage, fear will dissipate. Now, true courage, okay, is not anchored on wishful thinking, mental conditioning, or medical stimulants. Let me explain to you what it means. You know, many people say, if I were to psych myself up, you know, I would not be afraid. I remember when I was a young boy, about 10 years old, in primary four, I was studying in the afternoon session. During those days, you got morning and afternoon session. And usually the class would dismiss at about uh, 6, 15, 6.30. 6.30.
In those days, you know, 6.15, 6.30 is like today, 7.15, 7.30, okay? It gets dark. And there were days that I spent all my pocket money. And I don't have even five cents to take a bus back to home. So I have to walk with another friend of mine from Newton Circus all the way back to Srigi House. And in between these two miles of walking, to save five cents in those days, I have to pass by a cemetery. Okay? Part of it is, uh, is at, you know, today's Kadankubau Hospital there. And it gets dark and sometimes it's raining. And I will have psyched myself up. I will not be frightened. I will not be frightened. I will not be frightened. I will be just running across the cemetery. And I begin to realize that you cannot psych yourself up to be courageous. And there are techniques today that psychologists have learned that you can actually in some way condition your mind not to be fearful. And if you read that talk or you go into some of this military kind of exercise, they will teach you how you can condition your mind not to be frightened. But the reality is, very few people are able to condition the mind not to be frightened through these uh, mental techniques. Why? Because only people like James Bond or John Wick, you know, they're able to pass through the test, you know, confront the jaw of death in their three-piece suit and, you know, looking as stylish as before after they confronted their enemies. Very few people can do that. And there are also, right now, in modern warfare, especially in terrorist attack, they can actually give drugs to the soldiers, amphetamine, for example, to stimulate them so that they are all having emotional high and they will just charge out to do their mission without fear. That's what Hamas terrorists did on the 7th of October in a massacre of many Jews in Israel. But true courage actually comes in the Bible way, is anchored on faith. And I just want to talk to you about three components, okay, of how you can build courage. It's actually the three components are faith, truth, the word of God, the promises of God, and God's trustworthiness. And I'm going to share with you three statements about how courage comes about. First of all, courage must be anchored in faith. If you want true courage in your life, because you're a believer, it must be anchored on faith. And that faith, okay, will dispel the fear in you. If you were to look at the Bible, whenever the people of God are afraid, either an angel or God will appear to them and say, don't be afraid, just believe. And we see that happening in this story in Mark 5 about the man Jairus. Pastor Ben has shared with you two Sundays ago, and it, uh, can we have the the passage, please. 
And this is what happened. You know, when Jairus' daughter was very, very ill, Jairus came and asked Jesus to go to the, her house to heal her. And along, along the way, they were interrupted by another woman. And in verse 35, we read that as Jesus was speaking to that woman, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus. And they told him, your daughter is dead. No use troubling the teacher now. Jairus was frightened. The worst fear had come to pass. And when Jesus heard that, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Be courageous. Just have faith. So faith is anchored on courage. Sorry, courage is anchored on faith, okay? And we need to have faith in order to build courage. The next statement is this. Faith must be anchored in truth. John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify the disciples by the truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth. And in Romans 10, 17, how does faith come? It comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ, the rhema of God. Faith comes from hearing the truth. Now, it's easy for us today to put our faith in many things. Some people say, just a favor. Faith in what? Faith in faith, God. Or some people say, ah, just believe, you know. It's important for us to know where to put our faith in. I know of a lady, I call her May. She put her faith in deception. May was a very nice woman, very simple, very kind, and yet gullible. Me one day met a friend, Jane, an old lost childhood friend. And very soon they begin to bond with each other because of their childhood memories. And one day May told uh, this uh, Jane to uh, May, you know, I've been making a lot of money, you know, in oil futures trading. Why don't you join me? And may have no understanding what this trading of oil future is. So she put in $5,000. And a week later, Jane came with a statement from this investment company. Wow. Your $5,000 has made you another $1,000. Now you have made 20% profit in one week. Why don't you put in more? And she believed in Jane, so May put all her life saving into that investment. And, you know, this Jane will keep on showing her statements after statement how much she has made. And after almost eight months, May told Jane, I think I got made, I've made enough. I want to take back my profit and the principal. And that's where she heard the truth. Jane said, I'm sorry. 
I've just checked with the company. They're not able to release the funds to you because the whole company is under accounts audit with inland revenue. And all the funds are frozen. But, you know, you can actually make a lot more money, you know. Look, look, you know, the, the world is getting into a mess. Just buy more oil uh, contracts. So she borrowed more money from friends and loved ones and dump it in. And she never saw those money again. So it's important for us to put faith not in deception, but on truth. And the word of God is truthful. Which comes to the third statement. Truth, God's promises, are anchored on God's trustworthiness. Why do we know God's promises, God's word are true? Because the one who made the promise is true. He's worthy He's reliable. And that is something that we need to grapple with. That God had never failed in answering any of his promises. He has never failed in any of his promises. We read that in Numbers 23 verse 19. When this was what, you know, Balaam said. God is not a man, so he does not lie. God is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried through? This is our God. Whatever he spoke, he will bring to pass. And whatever he promised, he would carry it through. And that's how Joshua experienced that Rarity of God. When Joshua was very old, in Joshua 21 verse 45, we read this. Joshua was recounting his journey with God. And he said to the nation of Israel, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord has given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he has spoken has come true. Friends, this is how courage works, okay? Courage is anchored in faith. Faith is anchored in truth, the word of God. And truth is anchored in God's trustworthiness. If you were to summarize it, it basically means that courage comes when we believe in God and his promises. Courage comes when we believe in God and in His promises. For some of you who like schematic diagram like I do, let's look at this schematic drawing. That's how a virtuous circle cycle is, you know, between courage, faith, and God. Courage is anchored in faith. Faith is anchored in God's word, and God's word is anchored in the trustworthiness of God. And God gives more courage. And I want you to understand this as you face 2024. 
that you don't have to psych yourself up. You don't have to do mental conditioning in order to face the challenges of 2024. You need to hear God, understand what He has told you, and believe in it and contend for it. It's that simple. Now, I want to go into a very, very practical part of this concept. You know, how can we grow in faith and courage? Okay? Now, this is God's wisdom to Joshua in verse 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law of Moses, my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will have your way, you will make your way prosperous, and then you have good success. God was telling Joshua, you are going to have a new assignment. And you are going to be successful. If you just do three simple things. And what are these three simple things that you need to do? One, you need to meditate on God's word day and night. Okay? You need to read God's word. Day and night. What does it mean for us who are believers today? What is meditation? Let's look at the next slide. Meditation, essentially making time and space to read God's word every day. I use the word every day. Not once a week, not once whenever you feel like it or you have the time, but every day. When you read the word of God, don't, you know, read it superficially, rush to it, but chew on the word and wait on God. As you read the word, you ask God two questions. Lord, what are you saying to me? In this passage. And Lord, what do you want me to do? I believe that when you start spending time waiting on God to hear God, God is going to speak to you. And when God speaks to you, journey down. I have a journal, electronic journal, that I journal things down. And I begin to thank God for speaking to me. You see, what God said to Mo, uh, Joshua is this, that you should meditate on the word day and night so that you can be careful to do all this written in it. How do you know what to do when you read the word of God? You have to wait and ask God for his download, for his rhema. Then you would know what to do. So that is the first step. 
The second step that we need to do if we want to have courage and we want to have success is that we must believe in God's promises. We read from verse 2 to verse 5 the various promises of God that was made to Joshua. I want to summarize it in the next slide. God basically told Joshua four things. Okay? Every place that your soul, the soul of your foot, will tread upon, I have given to you. What God is saying to Joshua is this. Wherever you walk, that will be your territory. That will be the promised land for you. And no man is able to stand before you all the days of your life. You may have faced giants, okay? But I am going to make sure that the giant fall before you. And in verse 5, it's a powerful you know, promise that God made. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. What makes Moses so powerful? It's not because he's a good leader, but because God was with him. So God is saying to Joshua, just as God was with Moses, God is going to be with you. And if God is with you, you are going to be like Moses, able to do the things that I've given him. And the last promise is that the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Wow. Some of you say, wow, you know, Joshua had it good, huh? He got all these promises of God, you know. But has God given me any promise like this? Well, for us who are believers, I want to actually show you two examples of the things that God promised to Moses, uh, sorry, to Joshua, God has also promised to you. Let's quickly look at these two examples. In the first part of verse 5, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And we read in Romans 8.31 that God made this promise to us. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? So, if you are facing a tough situation, a tough boss, tough colleague, you can pray this prayer into reality. Lord, you are for me. Bless my boss, bless my colleague that will be kind to me. And there's another verse that is found in verse 5, the second part, where God said to Joshua, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave or forsake you. And there are many verses in the Bible that tells us the same thing. One of which is that Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, and be sure of this, okay? I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is with us. So whenever you're frightened, remember what God said, I will be with you. Your staff and your rod will comfort me. I go back when I was, you know, in primary four. I wasn't a Christian then. I assigned myself 
not to be afraid in crossing, you know, the cemetery. If I were a Christian at that age, I would say to God, God, because you are with me and because no one is able to withstand you, I'm going to walk through this cemetery in confidence, in bonus. And that's how you, you know, actualize the promises of God. So the second, the first one is meditate on the word of God. The second one is, you know, uh, believe in God's promises. And I want to come to the third point, obey God's prompting. In verse 7 and 8, God said this, be careful to do all that Moses, my servant, has commanded you. You shall be careful to do according to all that's written in the book of Moses. What I believe God is saying to all of us is this. When we hear the word of God, the Rema word of God, let us be people who will not be selective hearers, selective doers, but we would obey wholeheartedly. Moses, I mean, God said to Joshua, do not turn to the left or to the right, but do everything according to the word that has been written for you. Friends, when I look into my own life, I begin to realize that like most of us, we are very much selective hearers and we are very selective doers. Many times we ask God, God, speak to me. I want to hear you. And when God speaks to us and God says, do something, we say, uh, I'm not so sure. Lord, this is too costly for me. It's too troublesome. And then we choose not to do it because it's too expensive. It's, it costs us too much. Then we come back to God and say, God, speak to me. And then you begin to realize that God doesn't speak anymore. Why? God always say, just like your mother will say, why must I tell you again? Uh, I tell you the first time you don't listen, now you want me to tell you again? And, and this is where I feel that many of us are in that station of life. We only want to do the things that is comfortable, easy for us. And God said, no. Be like Joshua. Do everything according to what I tell you. So I want to summarize this and we'll be finishing up our sermon. You know, what is God's wisdom for a successful life? Read the word of God, the Logos. Wait upon him and let him speak the rhema to you. And when he has spoken the rhema to you, believe in him. Okay? Obey his prompting. And when you do that, you're going to see prosperity 
and success in your life. I'm not a prosperity preacher, but that is from the Word of God. When we hear and when we obey, we are going to see success and fruitfulness. Joshua was highly successful. He lived until the age of 110. How many of you can live to 110? And in Joshua 24, verse 15, you know, he called the people together. And that ripe old age, he looked back. And he told the whole nation, soon I will die, going the way of everything on earth. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise the Lord your God has come true. Okay? Not a single one has failed. That is a testimony of a faithful man. 110 years old, he looked back and he told the whole nation, Every promise that God has made to us has come true. None has failed. Why? It's because Joshua was able to obey God wholeheartedly. And that's what God wants from us today. Okay, let me summarize quickly how do we have courage for this year. Okay, first of all, you know, let us learn to spend time with God every day. Let us know what God has promised us as we meditate on the Word of God. And when God has made certain promises or give us certain instructions, obey them wholeheartedly. And when you do that, you are going to see God at work. Your courage is going to be built up more and more. I want to challenge all of us to take these very practical steps in 2024. Okay? Read the Word of God every day. And as you read the Word of God, ask two questions. Lord, what do you want me to know? And Lord, what do you want me to do? Hear God's voice and obey His conviction. And then you'll find success. Simple, right? That is a very simple life that God is giving us. You know, I want to share a testimony to you today. Two days ago on Friday, I met a young mother with my wife for dinner. And she was so excited about what God has been doing since Sunday. Remember last Sunday, I shared with you the same things that I shared today. That, you know, ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do for 2024? Lord, what do you want me to know? And she said, she went home after hearing my sermon that evening, she came before the Lord and she, she asked God the first question. Lord, what do you want me to know in 2024? And the Lord led her to Isaiah 58. And she read verse 12. 
And God said, you will be known as, you know, the builder of broken walls. You will be known as restorers of homes. And she said, Lord, that is what I've always aspired to be. I want to be a coach. I want to be a mentor to younger couples and family so that I can actually, in many ways, enhance their marriage and you know, give them good grounding to disciple their kids. And she felt that was what God is calling her to be, a repairer of broken walls and a restorer of homes. And she asked God the next question, Lord, what shall I do? And the Lord said, go and apply for some courses on coaching. And she told me, I mean, it was very complicated. She told me that through some very complicated uh, reading of God, she finally ended up registering for leadership mentoring with a top professor from Regent University. And the course has actually started, but the professor let her in, and the professor gave her coaching one-to-one on Friday morning via Zoom. And she got all excited, said, wow, I didn't know, you know, that God can be so real and so, you know, concerned, intimate in my life. And I believe that church this year, okay, there's a special grace of God upon all of us. That if we were to actually say to God, God, I want to spend time with you. Well, this year, I want to be able to hear you. I want to be able to do what you call me into. Would you do that? Thank you for listening to the River Life Podcast. We hope that you've encountered Jesus through the Word. If you'd like to connect with community or find out more about River Life Church, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or head on over to riverlife.org.sg. God bless and have a great week ahead.